want to preach to you this morning on this subject, all about us. All about us. I'm going to read and preach. You can follow along if you've got a Bible or an iPad or a phone, you can do that. But I want to start in Genesis 1 and verse number 1. The scripture says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Do I have anybody here today that believes that? You believe that God created. You believe that we aren't here by accident. You believe that we weren't here by chance. I will say, as I've said many times now, I do believe in the Big Bang. I believe when God said, let there be, there was a big bang. But it wasn't a chaotic bang. It wasn't chance. It wasn't happenstance. But the Creator was purposefully speaking things into existence. And the very beginning of Scripture declares that in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. I, I gotta be honest with you. I don't know why somebody would choose to believe in evolution. I don't know why you would want to believe that all of this is by chance and that there is no divine design. I, I gotta be honest with you, as much as I believe there's a creator and I know who that creator is, there's still times I don't understand all of this. And there's still times I've gone through some things in my own life that I didn't understand. But at the end of the day, knowing and believing that there is a God who created and there is a God who is in control was a part of the foundation that I was able to stand on. So I believe Genesis 1 and all that is stated is the account of creation and everything that God did, everything that God spoke into existence. We skip down to verse number 27 in chapter 1 and it says, So God created man in His own image. In the image of God created He Him, male and female created He them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the, in the which is the fruit of a tree-yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that He had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day and then the scripture tells us that God rested God said let there be light and there was light God spoke creation 
into existence. God, according to the scripture in chapter 8, I'm not going to take time to read it this morning, but God reached down from the dust of the earth and formed man and then breathed into man the breath of life and he became a living soul. We did not evolve from an ape. We did not evolve from some other lower life form. We were made in the image of the almighty God. And then if you go to chapter 2 and verse number 8. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there, and there, he put the man whom he had formed. God created a garden. God formed the garden. God put everything in that garden necessary to sustain life. It was all God's plan. It was all God's design. It was all God's will. It was all God's purpose. And then he put man in the garden. Man did not precede the garden. The garden preceded man. Man didn't have to sow and work and toil to grow the garden. God put the garden there first and then put man in the garden. The psalmist says it like this in Psalms 8 and verse number 1. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of, their, because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. The ushers just turned on the air for you. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, Oh, if you've never asked this question in this next verse, you need to ask it. What is man that you are mindful of him? What is man? How tiny we are in the big scheme of things. How small we are when you consider the heavens. Look up right now at the heavens and and how small you and I are in comparison. And the psalmist says, what are we that you are mindful of us? But not only are you mindful of us not only do you think about us but you visited us for you have made him a little lower than the angels and has crowned him with glory and honor you made him to have dominion over the works of thy hands you have put all things under his feet when I look at the Heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars which you have ordained. Job says, you, you, I believe it was Job, you have hung the world on nothing. You hung the world on nothing. Anybody ever hung something before? You ever hung a picture before? You ever, you ever hung a swing or something else? Anybody ever hung something on nothing? No. Uh-uh. 
You, you need you need something. You need rope. You need a chain. You need a nail. You you need a screw. You need something to hang something. And God said, let me show you how big I am. I'm just going to create the world. And I'm going to hang it on nothing. I'm so big, I don't need no string to hold it up in place. I'm just going to hang it on nothing. When I think about that, what in the world are you and I that God is mindful of us? And not only does He just think about us, but He visited us. What in the world? I got to tell you, the reason all of that exists is ultimately for us. It was ultimately because of us. Anybody ever eaten at a restaurant? Yeah. Yeah. But ever, you, you, anybody eating at a restaurant a couple of years ago? <laughs> Those of you who don't know, a restaurant is a place that cooks food for you. You go in and you can sit down and they will bring it out to you and serve you. And you don't have to do the work, you just have to pay the money. You, you, you understand when you go sit at a restaurant, that restaurant really wasn't created for you. That meal is not all about you. The reason that restaurant's there is because somebody needed a way to make a living. And they may have had a good idea about how to cook. And they may have had a good idea how to make something that people would like and so they... They, 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 they leased or they bought a building and they, they bought the tables and the chairs and the equipment and now they serve you food. But that food was not ultimately about you. If it was all about you, they wouldn't charge you. I, I, I love all these. I'm, I'm a sports fan for those of you that don't know. So don't, I'm not on a soapbox here. I, I, I like sports. I enjoy playing. I enjoy watching. So just for the record. But this idea of these athletes that they want to say they play for the love of the game. <laughs> the love of the game. Then why do you leave behind a city that you played in for years and years and years to go someplace else? After you've had a fan base, fan base that idolizes you. Because it's not simply the love of the game. It's the love of the money. So it's not about you per se. All of those cars sitting out there. That, that, that wasn't created for you. You're just taking advantage of what somebody created ultimately for themselves. Anybody drive up in a Datsun today? No? How about a Geo Prism? Any Pintos out in the parking lot? No. Why? Because if something's not making you money, you don't keep doing it for charity. 
But, but do you understand today? I, I don't know if I can get this across. Once again, what's in here, I don't know if it can come out properly or not. But do you un- look around you? I want you to know, not necessarily the concrete, but, but look at the grass, look at the sky, look at the clouds, look at that bird soaring way up there, look at those trees that are around you. All of that was ultimately created for us. All of this was ultimately designed to get to the final thing that God created. Notice the last thing that God created was man. Well, he couldn't have survived before all the rest of that. That that may be true, but I don't think that's the reason why the sequence was exactly the way it was. I believe the sequence was the way it was because everything else was put here for man. But the ultimate goal, the reason God did all of this was so that he could make a man in his image. Oh, hallelujah. Because I I think I can say today that in essence, and I'm sure maybe we could debate some other things that maybe would compete with this, but I, I think I can fairly safely say that what took place on Pentecost, what took place on the day of Pentecost, was actually the ultimate fulfillment Of what God had done all of this. Oh, hallelujah. Because watch this. Let me, let me as briefly as I can show you the progression. God brings the children of Israel out of Egypt. They've been in bondage for several hundred years. He's now in the process of delivering them. And he says in Exodus 25 and verse number 8, Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. First, that was the first step. Oh, hallelujah. The God who said, let there be light, and there was light. The, the God that spoke creation into existence, that's, that's where he started from. But now he says, I want you to make me a sanctuary, because I don't want to just dwell somewhere up in the distance. I want to dwell among you. Exodus 29 and 45, and I will dwell among the children of Israel and will be their God. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God that brought them forth out of the land of Egypt that I may dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. I'm going to take the first step. And the first step I'm going to take is to let you know that I am Emmanuel, God with you. All you've known me as up to this point is Jehovah, the self-existent one. But now I'm going to be God who is among you. Because when I said, let there be light, and when I formed the first man and placed him in the garden, I had an ultimate goal that I was moving toward. Oh, hallelujah. 
So I, I, I got to break you in a little bit. All you married folks today, I don't think it really would have been very successful if the first time you met the person that has become your spouse, if they just came up to you and just told you how much they loved you and that you were the one for them and that. I don't think so. You know, you you kind of kind of start with a "Hey, girl." <laughs> Got throw a little bit. How you doing? You you, you don't. You, you know, we were in a conversation recently about this idea about the will of God. I uh, I need to stay on point about the will of God when it comes to marriage and relationships and people that really have used the will of God as a as a tool or a weapon to convince somebody. I don't think you really like me, but if I can convince you it's the will of God for you to marry me. Anyway. You you, got to start off. You got to, you know, you got to kind of take it slow. So that that was God. I've been way up in the heavens. I'm going to preach this way for a little while so the right side can get some sun. I've been way up in the heavens. I've been off in the distance, but I want to take a step. Because when I formed you from the dust of the earth, I didn't form you so I could sit on a throne somewhere and look way down on you and watch how your life was going. That was not my ultimate goal. But I'm going to take a first step and I'm going to create a sanctuary so that I can dwell among you. And so they did that and God did that. And they believed that God was in that tabernacle. And they believed that that Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God but Paul says it this way in 2 Corinthians 6 and 16 and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols for ye somebody say that's me for ye are the temple of the living God as God hath said notice as God hath said I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. My goal is not just a sanctuary among you. My goal is not to just be with you. I want to be in you. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell In your hearts. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. 
that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. When God said, let there be light, And there was light. When God divided the waters beneath from the waters above. When when God put the animals on this earth. When God did all of that. It was ultimately because he needed a place for you and I. Oh, hallelujah. This isn't a restaurant that you and I have come to today. Because somebody needs to make a buck and they're selling a meal. This isn't a store you and I have gone to to shop at today. When you go to the store, that stuff's not there for you. If it was there for you, then you'd take it without paying. It's not there for you. It's there to get you money. But this, this was divinely designed because God wanted to have someone to dwell in. Oh, hallelujah. You want to talk about going through some effort. Man, I got to tell you, I am so glad that I got engaged and married and had all of my children before Pinterest and social media. I am so thankful. I went and bought a ring. This was before all these amazing ways to propose. And I I went and I bought a ring. I bought it on a Thursday. That night, Brother Grossbach, was here preaching. Church ended. I don't think it was actually in my pocket in church, but it was figuratively burning a hole in my pocket. And so, on a whim, Thursday night after church, we went downtown Annapolis, Hopped on a water taxi. And out on the water taxi, no offense, not trying to offend anybody here. I know some of you have done this. I'm really not shooting at you, but there, there were no cameras waiting on us. Family wasn't in the background watching. I didn't know you were supposed to do that. All I did was just say... uh I don't even think I got down on my knee because we were sitting on the boat. I'm sorry. Would you marry me? That's all I knew to do. Thank God. Four kids. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how many different ways you can announce photo shoots and all this stuff. I, I mean, it's awesome. If you do it, great. I, I'm not shooting at I know I'm 48 years old. So I don't get it. I, I, I okay. But all this, all this sort of pressure 
planning for a for a moment organizing strategizing you want to talk about some serious planning you want to talk about some serious strategizing i i want a man and a woman to dwell in but to do that i got to do all of this And so, this is so important that I'm going to go through all of this. It's kind of neat preaching this message out here. I'm going to go through all of this so that I can dwell among. But ultimately, I want to dwell in. Anybody, anybody get that today? I, I know it's, I know it's challenging. I know it's challenging. I get that. Any, anybody hearing me today? Any, anybody get? I'm, I'm going to make a man after I make all of this, because all of this is about him. And I say that generically, not gender wise. I'm going to go through all of this. All of this. So that I can dwell in Him. I, I don't think I finished my point earlier. Maybe I did. But I, I, think, I think the day of Pentecost and what took place was the ultimate focal point. Not that it was the end, but it was the goal. Thank you. Not that it was the, the, the finality, but in fact, in a lot of ways, it was just the beginning. For 2,000 years, we have now experienced the blessing and the benefit, not of God with us, and He is with us, but more significantly, God in us. God in us. At the risk of being trite on Pentecost Sunday, it's kind of hard not to go there. Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. Anybody ever had something you, you, were, you were looking forward to or something you were excited about doing? And you felt that excitement building. You, you felt that nervousness built. You felt that, that good anxiety. It's, it's almost time. Maybe this is, a, this is not the greatest of examples, I guess. But it's, it's kind of like waiting in a 45-minute line for that 
epic roller coaster. And as you get ready to buckle in and sit down, you, you feel your heart racing. You, you feel your pulse going. And, and you've got this excitement because the moment is now here. Much more significant and important is the birth of a child. Nine months or so of waiting and that day comes, that, that day arrives and labor starts and you know it's the moment, you know it's about to be a very difficult process for the mom, but this is the moment we've waited for. We, we finally get to meet our baby, we get to see our child and the anticipation and the excitement. Whose image were we made in? Whose likeness are we after? That means those feelings that we have, God understands those feelings. I kind of imagine God on Pentecost Sunday. I've waited and I've waited and I've waited for this day. I've waited and I've waited for this moment. I, I've spent eternity up to this point with angels worshiping me and crying holy, holy, holy and all of that's wonderful. But, but then I, I, I made this earth and I put man on this earth. But then I've waited all this time for this day, for this moment where I would no longer just be among them, but I would now be in them. I, I, I just can sort of imagine God with an excited anticipation. This is the moment. Everything I've done, everything I've created was all about this moment. It was to get to this point in time so I would no longer be among, but I would be in. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now this, now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled saying one to another behold are not all these which speak Galileans and how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born to the world that wants to accuse those that speak in tongues of having lost their minds and it's just a bunch of crazy babble I declare to you today on the foundation of the word of God it's not just emotional hype it's not just some made up emotional frenzy but just like it was on the day of Pentecost it's just as real today they were amazed I've heard numerous stories throughout my life where people have heard people speaking in tongues and understood exactly what they were saying because they were speaking a language that was an understood language. The person that was speaking it didn't know it. It wasn't that many years ago where a precious lady that's been a part of this church who her native language was Spanish she worked I believe as a nanny and she was traveling with the family that she was nannying for and was praying 
They were of another ethnicity. And as she was praying, just praying, she had no idea she was speaking in the language of the person she worked for. And if I remember the story correctly, that person actually got quite upset with her. Because they felt like she had been holding out on them all this time. Knew what they were saying when they spoke in their language. She did not. All she knew was, the Spirit has come upon me. And it's given me utterance. And I may not understand it. And yo, it may not actually be a recognizable language. My tongues may not be a recognizable language. But because of the testimony of the Word of God and others, I believe. Are these not all Galileans? But we hear them speak in our own tongue wherein we were born. And again, I'm not trying to just get involved in the events of our world today because it's the thing to do. But I feel compelled in my spirit to make sure that at least those that are gathered under the sound of my voice today recognize that the day the church started, the day the Holy Ghost was poured out, it was not a single culture. It was not a single ethnicity. It was not a single language people gathered. But in fact, there were Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia in Egypt, in the parts of Libya about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews, and proselytes, Cretes, and Arabians. It was all of those people that heard them speaking in their language, and they said, we hear in our own language the wonderful works of God. Oh, hallelujah. God purposefully chose this day because of the crowd that would be gathered. There were other times that God could have chosen to pour out His Spirit and the crowd would not have been as diverse. But I believe with all of my heart God did this on purpose so that throughout all of the history of the church we would understand it is not supposed to be about one race. It's not supposed to be about one color. It's not supposed to be about one economic level. It's not supposed to be about one educational level. But whomsoever will come, let him come and drink freely of the living water Hallelujah. We know that just a couple of verses later, somebody yells out, What shall we do? How do we get what they got? Peter responds with some simple instructions. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, 
And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And God will now dwell in you. I I don't want to repeat myself and I'm not going to just keep preaching just to keep preaching. I just, I, I mean, hopefully it's come across some, but there, there's just a sense. There's sometimes in preaching, there's certain points that I just, I feel like you don't get them across adequately. And some of that has to do with the fact I'm not sure there's a way in our limited language to get it across adequately. All of creation. Everything that God did in creation was to get to the ultimate goal. I'm going to do all of this and I'm not going to put you on this planet as an afterthought to all of this. I'm not going to put you here just simply out of responsibility or that seems like the ultimate thing to do. I'm doing all of this because I want to put you here because I want to dwell in you. The creator, the creator of the world wanted to dwell in me. The creator of the world wanted to dwell in you. I know many of you here today, in fact, the great majority of you here today, to my knowledge, you, you've already had this experience. You've already received the Holy Ghost. You've already been baptized in Jesus' name. You, you've already, but, but you know what? If we're not careful, we can lose sight of the awesomeness we can lose sight of the greatness of some things that we once valued. Anybody here this morning can think back to that day, especially those of you that were not raised as an apostolic. You didn't receive the Holy Ghost as a child like a number of us here did, but you were an adult. You had already lived life. Some of you had already lived a very sinful life, but one day, many of you probably in a church building, some of you on your own, Some of you in a bedroom, some of you in another location, all by yourself. Began to pray. Maybe you lifted your hands. And all of a sudden, words that you didn't understand, words that didn't make sense, began to flow out of your mouth. Because God, What is man? 
What is man that you think about us? Not only the psalmist said, what's man that you would visit us, but we can take it a step further. What is man that you wanted to dwell in us? I I know some of you. I don't know any of you as well as God does. I know me pretty well. And I know that just like everybody else, I've got my fair share of faults and failures. I've got my fair share of weaknesses and inconsistencies. I've quoted this song many times. I know one other person that could quote it with me. The Winans said, It was not a haphazard event, nor a secondary scheme, but it was the plan of the Lord to redeem. Anybody ever made plans? You go out to eat or vacation plans you arrived at your destination and it wasn't what you were expected and something had changed or five or six years ago I think it was we went on vacation showed up at where I thought I had made a reservation and found out my reservation was for a different week We had to come up with secondary plans. We had to figure out a way to adjust our plans. Oh, Jesus. When when God looked down, I'm, I'm really, I'm trying to quit, I promise. When God looked down on this world during the days of Noah and saw that the imagination of man was evil and Everything man envisioned was evil. God wasn't caught off guard. Before God ever said, let there be light, He knew the direction man was going to go. God's not looking down at America today going, are you kidding me? I, I never, God knew. I don't know about you, but to me that just demonstrates the degree to which God desired to be able to dwell in us, that He was willing for His own creation to reject Him. And yet He still went through everything because He wanted to dwell in us. The cross was not God's plan B. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ was not plan B. It was planned from the beginning of time. God knew, if I'm going to ultimately be able to do what I want to do, this is the things I'm going to have to go through. But I value getting to that point so much, I'll go through all of this. Would you stand, please? Oh, I know we can become, I think is, is the term egocentric, egocentrical. 
I know, in fact, I think some of the problems we deal with at times in our world is because individuals have become too focused on themselves and the importance of themselves. I know there's an outside risk of that here today, but I don't think that's really the danger here today. In fact, Rather than being concerned about the fact you may get too big of an opinion of yourself, my concern today is somehow convincing you to think enough of yourself. That God would do all of this for you. God would do all of this because He wanted to dwell in you. Would you do me a favor for a moment? Just close your eyes. I, I don't know offhand. I, it's kind of hard to tell. I think there's at least a chance that there's somebody here today that you've never experienced God in you. And I'm not trying to be offensive to anyone that's here today, anyone that's watching right now or may watch in the future, that does not happen by simply accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. That's not the way it happens. But it can happen the way Peter, it happens the way Peter summarized it. You've got to repent of your sins and you've got to be baptized in Jesus' name and you've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And it's amazing that every one of us here today can have the exact same experience that happened on the day of Pentecost. So hopefully as most eyes are closed to provide a level of comfort for someone, if you are here today and you've never experienced that, you've never experienced God's ultimate goal of dwelling in you. What an amazing day to have that experience. So if you're here today and you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost as evidenced by speaking in other tongues, but you would like that experience, I, I know it may be a little bit difficult, a little bit uncomfortable, but I would invite you just to come stand here down front right now. And in just a moment, we will give you some basic instructions and we're going to pray with you and God is going to fill you with His Spirit today. And while I give a moment for those that may be in that category, I believe there's probably some people here today that you need a renewing and a refilling. You need a refreshing of the Spirit of God. And I'm going to invite you to come and stand down here for a moment because I believe not only would God like to fill someone today that may have never received His Spirit before, I also believe there's some people today that God would like to bring a refreshing and a renewing to today. Some of you are dealing with some of the circumstances we're in and the impact mentally, emotionally, spiritually, the way to resolve that today is not to focus on trying to get rid of that, but 
the way to resolve that today is to allow the Spirit of God to be poured into you afresh and anew. I've used this analogy numerous times before, but if you've got a glass and you stick it in the sink and it's got some soda or leftover tea in it, if you will just begin to let fresh water pour into that glass, if you'll give it long enough, it'll begin to wash out what was in there and replace it with fresh and new. I believe there's some people today that are battling depression that the Spirit of the Lord would like to pour in peace and joy and wash out that depression. You're battling anxiety. You're battling fear. And God would like to pour in today and wash out the other. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, folks, pray with me right now. If you don't need something for yourself, if you don't need to respond for yourself, would you just help the atmosphere right now that God could do what He wants to do in every life that's in this place? Oh, God, we stand here today as a testimony that everything you've done is pointing toward your desire to live and dwell inside of us. I thank you today, God, that you went through everything you did. You went through all of creation, speaking this world into existence to get to man. You went through the cross. You went through Calvary to get to the point where not only could you dwell among us, but you could dwell in us. Hallelujah. 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 I wonder if somebody would just let that spirit flow right now. I wonder if somebody would just let the Holy Ghost flow through you right now. Come on, let that river of living water flow right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus.
for being with us today. I am a friend of God. He calls 